Welcome to the Sisterhood of the Traveling Gee, where we travel around to connect with women and connect women with resources. Today, we're going to be talking with the co-founders of the Women's Grappling Network that is a group found on Facebook where women come together and they share knowledge and you can ask questions and you can get advice and information on all things related to grappling. Thanks for coming on. So how'd you guys get started? Yeah, um, I don't know exactly when I started the network. It was when I was still back in California. So it had to have been like 2010 or so, 2009, somewhere around there. And it really was, um, I wanted to try to get, I was competing a lot at that time. So I was a blue belt and I was competing a lot. And I would go to these tournaments and there wasn't a whole lot of girls. And the few girls that I did uh, run into, especially after a few tournaments, I was like, huh, it's kind of like the same network of ladies here that are at these tournaments. And um, Facebook was all the rage back then. And so I was like, let me just start a Facebook group. And it started initially to be like a competition list of all the people who are competing. We could share tournaments. We could share seminars. Hey, I need somebody in my weight class, blah, blah, blah. And I would go to tournaments, friend people on Facebook, and then just forcibly add them to the network against their will. And so it started with a couple dozen, and then it grew up to 70. And I was like, man, we're at like 150. And then they would start doing friend requests, or not friend requests, but like um, people were like asked to join. And, uh, and then it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then Jillian came in pretty early 2000, 2011 in that time, um, I yeah. was looking at a gym that wasn't specifically Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I was looking to connect with women who grappled specifically, not just women who did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So the way you named the group was what ended up kind of catching my eye at the time. Um, because as we all know from the BJJ community, the BJJ community is BJJ, right? And at the right. time, I think we were both training footlocks at like early belt ranks, which back in yeah. like the... 2010, 2011 was still kind of taboo. Um, yeah. You know, so we connected on that level where like we had the not pure BJJ background. Um, right. I mean, my first gym was, uh, it was a jujitsu gym, but we, we called ourselves Sambo. And so I had like a lot of Sambo um, flavor to our jujitsu. We never, it was, it was Valhalla Elite Fighting Academy or, um, and so we never even referred to ourselves as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu per se, even though I'm sure it was that in a lot of regards. But uh, yeah, so I, I just wanted to have a very inclusive, I didn't care if they were wrestlers, uh, Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, I didn't care if they were Sambo, no gi gi. I just wanted women who grappled and create a network and that's where the name came in. And then yeah, there was, I remember some thread was started about footlocks, like whether white belts should be able to do straight ankle locks <laughs> and, foot, and learn footlocks. And you were very vocal on that thread. And so I hit you up in a DM and we started talking in DMs. And I was like, I wouldn't mind having, you know, somebody help me out with all these. Because at, the, at the, that, that time I was quite active in the, in the group. So like trying to keep up on all the threads and moderating was a lot of work. And so you and I were always on such the same page of both the philosophy of jujitsu and how to run the board that it was natural to bring you in that early. And then you've really taken over and been the main person. Because I, I now like really have stepped back um, and you're so articulate and 
all the posts, you know, all the stickies, that's all, that's all Jillian. <laughs> I think you mean long-winded, right? Because anytime I go back, I'm like, no, let me just add one more paragraph. I don't think I've really fleshed out what I wanted There's to like say. There's like no curse words and no, like, you all are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Although sometimes in my head, I'm like, oh, are we, yeah. are we again, are we doing this? Especially, you know, with such a large group, the group wasn't really that big when I joined. I mean, I think it wasn't a thousand, maybe, you know, and now we're what? bumping on 12,000 almost, I think we're getting close to 13. I, you know, I, I'm down to doing the membership requests once a week now, because I used to just do them as they came in, but we get so many now that I really have to like dedicate a time usually right now while I'm nursing my little guy, or I'm just like, okay, I can sit here. Cause I like try to do like full blown FBI background checks on people who request to join <laughs> the group because we get a lot of sketchy dudes. So first of all, we get like the really brazen dudes who request to join the women's grappling network with their dude picture and their gender set to male. And I'm like, are you blind? You have no, you, you are missing the bare bones requirements to join the group, right? Um, so, you know, and so then I'm, those I just block, but then we, people have kind of gotten really um, creative over time to try to get into the group. And I'm sure we have some undercover dudes in the group. Yeah. Like I, I try to explain this to the ladies over and over and over again. Like I am not actually the FBI. Like I cannot verify everybody's existence. So I try to make sure that everybody that requests access to the group has at least two separate photos across a span of time that seem to be the same person that appear to be female, either in identifying as female or actually as female. I'm not like checking under anyone's skirts, but like living a life as a female is, is what we're looking for, you know? And, uh, and I, so I message people and I'm like, hi, I see you've requested access to the group. I have like a copy and paste one that I use now. Cause I like used to type it out from scratch and I'm just pretty much like, I can't verify <laughs> based on what I'm seeing on your profile. Cause everything's so locked down. I mean, women on the internet, we all know what that's like, right? Like I've been on Facebook since 2010 talking about grappling. You have at least one sketchy dude in your DMs. Like, do you think you could choke me? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we try really hard to keep them out of the group, but it's like not a perfect process. And, you know, we try to like reach out to people and connect. And then every once in a while, we get a new female member who just like doesn't read the rules and invites all of her friends, male and female. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, dude, I got to like Early on, we had a lot of coaches and mm -hmm. trainers oh, wow. in men. there. Yeah, we had lots of men. And it was open that we had men. And uh, <clears throat> not just anybody, but like somebody's coach or like I said, a, a trainer or whatever. And then there, came, there were some, because the group is basically taken a life of its own. It's not competition orientated. It's not, it's mostly for female white belts to like kind of orientate themselves in the sport. And so there were some threads that were one quite female orientated, like for hygiene, you know, health issues that guys were, so some guys were self-selecting, getting, getting the heck out of there, including my coach. And then, and then there are, you know, people who are talking about a potential assaults or like straight up assaults or predators. And so we were like, you know what, we're going to have to do a call. And we, and that was several years ago, many years ago. And we basically oh, wow. said, yeah a long time ago and we said hey everybody we're basically kicking out every male that we can see and this will be a female only group however just always know that when you post stuff in here people can and we've had these issues where people screenshot and share it into other groups like this is not yeah. a private group you're on the internet still 
But we went through and just systematically, and that was when we probably had like, I don't know, a few thousand or maybe 5,000 members and had to systematically go through and just block and delete people. But yeah, it's, uh, it's now taking, it's, it's its own monster at this point that I can't control any longer. Yeah. <laughs> really, we're just along for the ride at this point. I mean, it's uh-huh. adults, right? And so we always tell people, because every once in a while, I'd say, what, Jesse, every two to three months, we get some chick run up there that thinks she's going to be like all big and bad. Like, what's going on? You girls don't talk about any competition. You're not hardcore enough. All you do are whine about all of these issues. Mm -hmm. We always get one here or there that does that. The group content is what the group posts. (laughs) If you'd like to see something, look, I'd love to talk more about competition or talk more about finding training partners. We have open mats that get advertised and stuff, but Sometimes the direction of the conversation is how do you take care of your period while you're rolling? And like, it's a group of women. This is a necessary discussion. I realize that it may not be the discussion that you're interested in having, but like nobody's forcing you to participate in it. You don't have to, you don't have to post in that thread. Like I, it sort of like blows my mind how every once in a while we get somebody who's like, like, I always think of that uh, tagline, right? It's not an airport. You don't have to announce your departure. And I'm just like, like, look, none of us individually are that special. Even Jesse and I are not individually that special in a group of 12,000. What we may want the group to be at any point in time is sometimes not what it is. And the option we have at that point is to make posts ourselves and drive the content back in that direction or just take a step back and let the group of adults move in the direction that they move, you know? Um, I do get sometimes a little frustrated with how often the same questions are asked and answered. And we try to encourage people, like I will lock a thread if I saw the question two days ago and I'm like, just like, please scroll down for a few minutes and Mm -hmm. kind of adjust yourself to the group. Cause like new people come in and they're like, hey guys, like, how do I do my period? And we're like, oh my God, you know, or how long can I train while pregnant? Oh my God. Like, are we really doing this one again? Like, you know, so yeah, those are, those can get a little frustrating over time. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily bad that we morphed a bit into people talking about, um, their personal like histories and traumas. Cause I think in the BJJ community, there tends to be sort of this, like, everything's fine and the Kool-Aid's great kind of thing, but some Mm -hmm. chips are super toxic. And I think it's important Mm -hmm. for women to realize that these places exist and not every gym is inherently a safe space, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't think it's bad that we have those posts and we just try to be really cautious with the trigger warning so that people don't want to read that sort of stuff. They can, you know, scroll on by it. So since you guys started it in in the early 2000s or 2010, is it? 2010? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So have you guys moved? Are you guys still together? Are you guys still training? <laughs> we didn't know each other at all. So uh, <laughs> we've never met. This is the closest we've had. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I don't even know if we talked on the phone. Did we talk on the phone once? A few times like when COVID. something really hardcore goes down in the group that's like, like sometimes the shit hits the fan in like a really big way. And I'm like, do you have a second to talk? Because before I go like, you know, like commando here and just like knock everyone out of the group, can we just like have a quick discussion and make sure? I'm always like, ban hammer, let's just close the group. Yes, he's like, let's just leave my group, they'll find some place else. Um, yeah, we've had a few topics over the years that like have exploded into something that's just like, I, I'm, my husband's like, 
groups being crazy, right? I'm like, yeah, the group's being crazy. I'm sorry. Cause I'm just sort of like buried in my phone, like locking stuff and deleting stuff. No, what's funny is we've never met. We've never trained together. Although we, I think we would both love to train together, but it's funny. We just have all these things in common. We're both PhDs in the sciences. We're both black belts. We both, you know, do this group. So like we have a lot of, we both like dogs. Well, I mean, I like her dogs. I don't have any, but I see pictures of her dogs. Um, I have two small children. That's pretty much like having dogs. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, no, I would love to, but we're just, we're on offices. I'm in New Jersey. She was in California. Now you're in Kentucky, right? So we're, we're moving closer to one another. <laughs> but yeah. I, I've always said too, like, I would probably start crying if I saw Jillian in real life, let alone if we started training. Like, I don't know if I would be able to handle it. It's like one of the... It's one of the few um, weird things about the internet where you can have a relationship with somebody almost over a decade, basically over a decade at this point. And uh, um, I've seen her kids grow up. I've seen all the training. I mean, we were both like blue belts. We were blue belts when we were started. Yeah, I mean, when we started, so we've seen each other grow in our jujitsu journey, our family, you know, my divorce, all this other stuff going on in the background. Then COVID happens, like so, and all the stuff in the group. But we've never actually been in the same room. But you have this, you have this weird relationship with someone. <laughs> it's like it's one of those okay, things where so like any time I think the the internet is an evil and horrible place. I'm like, well, I found Jesse there. <laughs> we we <laughs> have some good people on the internet. Right. We have this baby we created together that's still alive and kicking after you know how many years. So like, because there's good stuff here too, you know. Uh, yeah, and she and she keeps me grounded um, too because you know there's been especially in the last maybe like four or five years where I've been like this group has just gone crazy I don't I don't want to deal with this anymore and like I think we should shut it down I think we should shut it down and then Jillian's always like the rational voice in the room where she's like okay let's just take a step back let's put down some ground rules she writes up these great stickies that I never would be patient enough to write up I'd just be like I'm closing the group you know I'm done. <laughs> But uh, so if, if it really, if it wasn't for Jillian, this group would have, this network would have been closed down many years ago. Cause I just like, I just don't want to deal with the Facebook anymore and moderating. And, um, but yeah, here we are all this time and it's just chugging along. It's just here chugging I am along. dragging her along against her will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it'll be fine. You just take a break. Don't worry That's about it. it. Take a break. Like, yeah, she's like, just, just take a break for a while. And I, I haven't added a person. I feel so bad. I haven't added a person in so long, like probably a couple years, like a really I long time. I get to it when I get to it. Like I used to be so on top of it, but sometimes the requests come in so like hard and fast and you have a, a family, a job. We also train like, and every once in a while you'll get somebody you who's like, life. I think you need more moderators. We get that every once in a while. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Like, we haven't brought in a third person to moderate. We've, there hasn't been somebody that's been like on the same page. People are are too like. I'm trying to think of like the politically correct way. Nobody's is like center lane as we are in terms of moderating. People either want to go much more make everybody feel comfortable or much less make everyone feel comfortable. And we definitely wouldn't go much less, that's for sure. But we try to sort of walk the middle that as long as nobody is directly attacking another person or directly attacking what another person is or represents, that it's fine to disagree. Disagreement is healthy. And I think that 
anytime we've had somebody who like tries to petition for moderating, uh, it's like because they want to reinforce an echo chamber that I don't think either of us are really mm -hmm. comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So, and I kind of want to, I don't want a moderator who wants to be a moderator. Correct. Right. I actually told you no the first three or four times you asked me. Like I would send her a message and I'm like, FYI, this one thread looks like it's it's like teetering on the edge of becoming a shit fest. And she'd be like, Well, you know, I could use some help. And I'm like, oh, I'm really busy. I'm sorry. I can't actually help you right now. <laughs> and yeah. then finally, like one time I said it to her and she was like, I'm gonna shut down the group. And I'm like, okay, fine, I will help you. I will help you moderate the group so that we don't shut the group down. But like yeah, yeah, you don't want somebody that wants the ability to do that. And we try really hard not to over prune. So people want us, I think sometimes people want us to aggressively moderate and neither of us is interested in Yeah, that. yeah, we're not down with just deleting stuff because it's causing either an argument or it's an unpopular opinion. Really pretty much, I try to let every post go. I still am confused about when we're allowed to leave like advertising up. <laughs> Uh, like we have some people that have been in the group for years and they advertise their training stuff and they kind of get to get away with some things that maybe newer members don't just because of legacy. But sometimes like somebody will post something. I'm like, is this, is this legal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the moderator. I don't even know. I don't know our rules. Like, I'm just gonna let, if, it's, if it's kosher, Jillian will keep it. I'll just leave it that. So just to be sure, Jillian, for the most part, will let most things ride unless reports start rolling it. Because yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, at the same point, right, like, if somebody's being really abusive of the advertising policy, then I'll hit them up and be like, you need to, you need to simmer down. But we're not like really trying to rigidly enforce anything. We're just trying to make sure that a group of 12,000 people does not become an ad targeted zone because it's very right. like the amount of women who are like, but I could reach so many women here. And I was like, okay, so we'll let everybody make one post about what they have for sale or what they're doing or what they're whatever. And they can edit that post. They can comment on that post as many times as they want. They can update that single post. But like, no nonstop. The only exclusion that some people have figured out is that if you post a training video or a blog that is BJJ related, I'll let you advertise a little extra because you are actually <laughs> giving content for the advertising that you're doing, right? Like training videos are great. I wish more people share your technique yeah. videos, please, more of yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. And I more blogs, you know? Yeah, like... We had a lot of that in the beginning, and now I agree with Jesse. The group has become more of like a um, like a group help, group therapy thing, which I actually think is entirely valid and needed within the community. So I don't think it's a bad thing, but I do wish more people would post technique and like breakdowns or like you know we should probably get in the habit of starting threads when Invicta has a card or when you know there's mm -hmm. high profile women fights so that we can like center the discussion in one place because I do think we've gotten away from that a little bit and I miss it I miss that discussion do you think it's deviated from that at all because those resources are from my experience those resources are readily available whereas the I guess the emotional or the right the there's no there's no real those, help those just those questions that you're like, I don't know if this is right. To right. Ask I don't know where to ask people. this and I'm embarrassed to ask this. And now that we have, a, like, I right. used to make all of the anonymous posts too, which was exhausting by the way. Mm -hmm. um, but now the group that like, Facebook has put in the tools where people can make their own anonymous posts, which is great because, you know, then they can respond to the post with their identity still hidden. So, it, I mean, it's wonderful. It used to be like, I'm making the anonymous post, but I am not a mailman. So I'm not taking messages back and forth between 
the person who asked me to make the post and the people responding because people would hit me up. We have a very helpful group. Oh, can you let whoever made this post know that they can hit me up? Blah 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 blah. I'm like, just post in the thread. They'll find you if they want you. You know, like I can't, I can't spend all day being the middleman. Right. You know, um, so I was really glad when Facebook put in that functionality because I was drowning in anonymous post requests for a while there. Um, and then some people anonymous post about stuff that I'm not really sure needs to be anonymous. Like I understand if you don't want your training partners to know that you're looking for a new gym and stuff like that. So like all of that makes sense to me, but I've had women like, I'm going to do my first tournament and I'm nervous. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to approve your anonymous post. <laughs> like This is not a big yeah. deal. Like you could have posted this with your name and you might've connected more with people if you posted this with your name, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I guess it's, Positive. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I wonder if you're kind of on to the right uh, point, Alicia, where it's like, you know, if somebody wants to talk about the latest, newest fight or something, um, then they can go on to a UFC Reddit forum or whatever, and there's tons of discussion about those particular bouts and, and matches and IBJJF and what's going on with, you know, whatever the latest tournament is as, as people are watching, but there, I guess, I guess maybe Reddit would be another place to go for some stuff, but I don't know how only female orientated it is compared to the Women's Grappling Network. And because Facebook's so centralized and enough of us millennials are on there, it just seems to be a real hub for people. So maybe, uh, I don't know how much longer it lasts. It seems like the member requests don't slow down at all. They're like 50, 100 a week easily uh, for many years now and it kind of just it was not it didn't used to be like that the first the first two years I had to actively add people and then eventually people were requesting to get in and that was fine you know 20 a week or something and then there was like some point at like four or five thousand members where it just exponentially exploded yeah and now now I, I and that's when I was like I don't know if I can even control this thing anymore like this is um, and we've had discussions too, right, about like, what, what can we be legally liable for if something happens in the group um, for defamation or whatever it could be. And uh, that's always made me a little nervous too, because I don't want content in the, because I don't read all the threads like I used to read. I barely peruse it, actually. I kind of just check for reports and stuff like that. And I just let it, let it do its thing. Um, but that always makes me a little nervous too. It's just because it's so big, the content that's in the, if we only talk about periods and how to do our hair while grappling, I'd be happy. Is when I, I get nervous when people start talking about either politics uh, or like the COVID stuff, like training during COVID, that was, that led to some shady and some heavy uh, threads. And then people accusing other like other people coaches training partners of being predators and stuff like that then you're like okay this is starting to get like do we need to report these things or like how do we handle this stuff things being screenshotted and shared into other groups that's that makes me very nervous it, yeah. and it's upsetting too right like i mean to, to a certain degree obviously i i'm completely in agreement with jesse we really try to get we don't want people identifying <laughs> predators in the group and like if there's a jujitsu times article something that's been thoroughly researched vetted or whatever that's a completely different story um share an article if somebody's had formal charges put against them then you know fine you, there's a it's a matter of public record so that's not such a big deal 
Um, but the other stuff can be, you know, potentially problematic for us. And then with COVID, it's a very hard thing because the community is very split on it in general. You know, some people felt like it was no big deal to some people. It was very serious. So we just kind of went with the whole, like, Hey, follow your local guidelines. We're not going to debate that in the group. It's not for here. This isn't like, it's just not a discussion for here. If you're, and we also said that we made a rule against uh, no advertising, uh, like speakeasy jujitsu, right? Like if you live in an area, Uh right, please don't use our group to break the law because that's like, whether we agree philosophically or not, doesn't matter. Um, it, it, It doesn't matter. I live in the state of New Jersey. I own a gym. My husband and I followed every rule of the state of New Jersey, regardless of whether we agreed with it or not, because we're a business that operates in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I understand why some teams and groups did not follow the rules. I, I understand why some went above and beyond. It's fine. It doesn't matter. But please don't post in our group about how you're breaking the law. <laughs> we're not interested. Yes. We don't want that. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think too that over the last two years with COVID, we got more of the sort of help group type atmosphere going on because people couldn't train. I think we got a little more of that content just because, you know, people, it's hard. It's part of people's lives. It's a big part of people's lives. And then for a while it wasn't available, you know, so sent people spiraling a bit. So it sounds like, it sounds like the group really turned out to be uh, something that wasn't necessarily planned. (laughs) But oh, what are no. your guys' No, no, no. Not the way that I set it out to be. <laughs> no, it definitely grew into its own thing. So do you guys We're have like ideas involved. on like what you wanna you wanna implement or are you are you guys gonna go with the full swing, let it ride? I Jillian, what have you decided? <laughs> <laughs> I, I plan to let it ride. So I think that what's ended up happening is we've become sort of this central repository for where new people find us. And the slightly more experienced people, like there's a group for women BJJ who have purple belts and above. There's a female grappling opponent finder group that's sprung up. There's a yard sale group that's sprung up. We do allow you to sell your stuff in our group, by the way. One post, please don't spam. But there's groups now that focus on that. Um, and so I think that what ended up happening was just by the sheer size of us, we, the direction just sort of carved its way out. I don't even know that we could rein it back in if we wanted to. Yeah, I, I don't think so. We would have to spam our own board, right? With We, like, would, let's say we, we would have to create a lot of content. Right, right. We would have to be content drivers. Like if we wanted to spin it back to which its origins, which is to be sharing tournaments and, and technique and competition discussion, then we would have to drive it. I haven't been on the competition mats in years. And uh, yeah, and I, I don't want to be a content creator. I don't have se. time. I got to be honest. Yeah. I don't have time. I mean, I'm just not interested in it. Yeah. And, and, and there's, and I've been convinced, and it took a long time, but I've been convinced that, because I haven't been a white belt female in over a decade. Okay. So I, it took me, it took me, and when I was, when I was coming up, in the sport, there wasn't any of these resources. So it's like, I had to figure out everything myself. So I didn't see what the big deal was, but now I realize that one, the sport is much different than it was back in 2008 when I first started. Um, and there's a lot more women that are training, thank goodness. And they need a resources. Um, so they need resources to get um, help with their day-to-day training. And if that's just repeat threads about what gi to get, 
how to deal with big spazzy white belt males, how to deal with, you know, losing weight, how to do their hair, how to train on their period when they're lactating, all these things that are just not going to be on sure dog, you know, then, then so be it. And uh, if there's an occasional technique thrown in there or um, somebody is posting about their personal training and kettlebell routine, then that's great. That's awesome. And if more of the, and maybe as these members go from white to blue to purple over the next five, six years, we'll see more content if they're still in the group. That is what the original intention of the group was, was for, but uh, we're just, it's member driven and we're just kind of there to let it do its thing. Have you guys seen a lot of a lot of people come through and watch their progression from white to blue to purple and above, or is it dominantly I come here for the beginning of my resource journey? No, we've had a lot of long time kind of long time members that have come up. I think now to uh, at least initially, like people when the group was smaller, there weren't that many promotion posts. And now it seems like anytime I log into the group, somebody's getting their blue belt, somebody's getting their purple belt, somebody's getting their brown right. belt. Uh, we try to like, you know, I used to like stalk Jesse's personal page. So I knew when she got promoted, so I could make a post in the group to tell everybody that she got promoted. You know, she stalked me back when I got my black belt and did it to me too. You know, so, um, I think that people are hanging around and I think that as they, they have more time in the sport, their needs will change. And I think we'll see a shift in, I do think we'll see a shift in the community. I think we'll always have people coming in, but provided that the other people hang around, their needs and their concerns and things will change. I do think that there is sort of like a, once you reach a certain point though, like you realize sort of figured it out and you probably don't need the kind of help that you needed before. So it's just a matter of what happens to that community. Um, I've actually been thinking about, I have a bunch of my old, um, like way back, like 2012 Nagas and stuff I have on YouTube. So I was thinking about like sharing some of my white belt, blue belt stuff to try to encourage, you know, folks to share their, you know, their videos, share their content. Right. Um, right. But I definitely, I definitely have seen the girls that I started with in the California scene, um, go from their, when, when we were white and blue going through their purple, brown and black. Uh, but I don't, I don't really recall off the top of my head and I maybe it's, I'm not paying attention over the last few years of like new members of the group that were white belt that are now up to their purple or something. But definitely the the girls that I used to train with back in California on the tournament scene, I've seen them have their kids, get their promotions, new jobs, like all that kind of stuff, which has been really, really cool. And so I'm hoping that, you know, if people are still using Facebook, you know, five to 10 years from now, we'll see how much of a social media footprint it has that um that that maybe these current members will will post that kind of stuff or maybe it will just be a resource for white and blue belt females getting into the sport and we'll have the same type of content over and over and if that's what they want then that's that's what they'll that's what they'll get you know then it means we're serving some purpose right so it's right. Just really that's and it's a i think for all of us martial arts is about the give back right so if this is what the community needs right now and this is what the community needs right now. Like, I'm happy to, to moderate it and oversee it. It's fine. It doesn't have to be for me. It doesn't have to be for any one person. If it's serving, you know, the community at large, then that's great. Right, right. See how even keel she is? See how, like, <laughs> just so enlightened, you know? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> She's always busting my job. <laughs> I was 
is like, I'll be like, oh, these dang white belt females always talking about what Gini get and their parents driving <laughs> me crazy. It's about giving back to the community and giving the community what they need right now, what they need now. (laughs) Hey, look, and a gi that doesn't fit you is terrible. So I think I still still can't figure out how to size gis and like it's just it's miserable. It's just it's it's part of me that you guys are asking questions that have no answers. What are you doing? I gotta say, the two of my favorite geese I found at a pawn shop in the corner. Oh, <laughs> they have awesome. no tag, no brand, no nothing, and they're my that's two awesome. go-to geese. <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah. Oh, I gotta say, anytime I meet somebody new and they have all these questions, um, this is my number one resource that I give them, like right on the spot. Like I, you guys are, when I pull up Facebook, it's the first group that pops up. Um, I refer everybody to this group (laughs) to let them know like, hey, you're not alone. I know you're in a little city and the closest woman to train with is 30 miles, but hey, here's this group. (laughs) There's a whole bunch of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, even some of the upper belts though they they you know they tell me their stories about how they came up and they were the only one and um I think I think my Uh one of the black belts at my gym she uh it shocked me she's telling me that the first time she ever rolled with woman was during competition and she realized yeah everything that she had been taught went right out the window because it wasn't applicable and it just kind of sits you back and you're just like, oh, you can really see how the, the sport has progressed. Um, but with that, have you guys, like, I mean, I know the group is a really big part of that, but outside of the group, I mean, how would you, how would you describe how it's progressed over the last decade? Oh, wow. That's a big question. Um, what do you think, Jillian? There's more weight classes, which is awesome, because <laughs> when we first started, if you were not a buck 30, you were with everyone else, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, so, yeah, it was, it was rough. I actually remember for my very first tournament, because um, my coaches were like, yeah, just do the Naga, right? And I was like, okay, sure. Like, I have no idea what's going on, but sure, I'll do a Naga. And I had um, started jujitsu and grappling and stuff because I was over 200 pounds and I wanted to lose weight. So that was sort of my reason for getting in. So I committed to do this tournament 139. Like the day before the tournament, I happened to be on Naga's website looking, there is no 139 for women. So my gym had only had men, right? So nobody knew that the weight classes for women were completely different. And back then Naga was like 119 and under, 119 to 135, and then 135 to 160. And then 160, That's so brutal. 160 and up. And I was planning to be 139, which would have put me at the bottom of a 25 pound weight division, which as you get more experienced is really not the end of the world. But when you're brand new and don't know anything, like the weight really can matter, you know? And uh, I ended up having to cut like eight pounds of water to weigh in under 135. It's brutal. I spent all this time in the sauna and everything. Um, but yeah, that was my first time really going against a female. And I, there's only one woman in my division because we were only two women over 30 in our, you know, in our weight class or whatever. Um, cause I didn't get started until after I was 30. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, since then now, like I, same as Jesse, Jesse kind of recruited everybody to Women's Grappling Network. When I started really competing heavily on the East Coast, I started holding women's open mats because women didn't have women to train with. So once a month, I would, I would host a women's open mat. Women would come from New York, from Pennsylvania, from Connecticut. We had people drive from Maryland. And um, we would just get together as many women as we could and just train so that women could train with other women. Um, if we had like a big tournament coming up, people in the same weight class would generally kind of avoid each other in case they were going to have to go against each other. We had a no filming rule. Like we tried to keep it as, you know, as good as we could. And I started that back in like 2014, 2015. And I stopped it with COVID uh, because New Jersey shut down. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of other states mm -hmm. surrounding us didn't. And then some folks did super secret women's opens mats, which is fine. No, no judgment, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so in the area, uh, other open mats have come up now that have that they end up having 20, 30 women come in from all over the place to train. So, I mean, that's been the big thing is that we've had sort of this explosion since, since Jesse and I first started of women in jujitsu. And it's just like we see the group growing exponentially. There's tons at tournaments. Uh, you know, Naga now does a, every 10 pound weight division in IBJJF women have full masters. Where IBJJF, it used to be you were either under 30 or you were over 30. <laughs> there was no <laughs> discrimination between like, you know, I went against when I was like 32, I think I fought some women in their fifties, you know, and that's kind of ridiculous. And so we're starting to see that there's not necessarily always enough women to fill these divisions, but we're at least starting to see the, you know, the representation out there in the competition scene, not just in the gyms. So I think that's been like the big thing in the last couple of years, you know, besides that and leg locks becoming not something we have to see you know, right. about in the background, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like, um, you know, what, one part of me is like, the more things change, the more they stay the same. So some of the issues that we had 10, 15 years ago are the same issues that we have now. And then uh, other big things have changed. Like there is just more like vi uh, visual representation of women in grappling as ukes, on instructionals, on random, not like there'll be uh, like BJJ fanatics, there's, you know, or, or judo fanatics, there's like female black belts that are selling their techniques as CDs and stuff like that. And uh, it's just not, it's not as unusual to see like a, a female either instructing or being an uke for technique where I, maybe I just wasn't paying attention in my early days, but it seemed like in the early 2010s that that wasn't as common as it is now going into the, the 2020s. And then it feels like too, yeah, like leg locks and just the technique has become far more sophisticated. So like, you know, Jillian's from like a kind of a catch wrestling background. My Sambo was also like, there was a lot of like catch wrestling type aspects to it where you just, you just take an arm and yank it and, and, and break the thing, you Bend know? Bend it the way it doesn't go. Yeah. It doesn't and, mean a name. And that's fine. Right. Right. And that's, and that totally works. But now there's like all these fancy parambolos and inverted back tapes and some sort of honey hole. And then there's like a honey trap and it's just all this, you know, weird stuff. And, and I'm just such a bread and butter grappler. Like I don't focus really hardly any time. I'm, I'm just now I'm starting to like understand what I think a honey hole is. And I, to me, it was like outside heel hook you know, outside straight ankle lock. And that's basically what my leg lock game was. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything too, too fancy. So it just seems like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu to go ahead and just use that as a broad term 
has just become much more sophisticated and nuanced. I, I will say it does drive me up the wall that lately in competition in the last few years, like double guard pulling is a thing. People are not ashamed that they, like, I, I'm ashamed that my takedowns are terrible, but I do at least when I, if I'm going to start standing in a competition, I'm going for a takedown. I'm not going to guard pull. And people just, at least I try not to guard pull. I'm sure you could find a video out there of me guard pulling. But it just seems like people just have, like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu people in particular have no shame in just guard pulling and, and leaving out the whole takedown game and wrestling game. And that, that kind of sucks. Um, but hopefully, every, this is like a pendulum, right? It just goes back and forth. And so there'll be, there'll be some whiz out there that like is just crushing people with takedowns and wrestling and we're Brazilian jiu-jitsu people are going to have to get better at it if we're if they're going to win tournaments that's how leg locks got so popular they were able to get around IBJJF or not compete in those go into other tournaments that did allow leg locks and people were just destroying uh on the mat with leg locks and now it's a whole thing where you get like a Craig Jones or somebody like that or Ryan Hall who can just work people with leg locks and um, that's like, not that I don't want to say their whole game, but that's a big aspect of their competition game. And people have to adjust. And then you start getting, you just get this escalation of technique and uh, whatnot. So hopefully that will, that will go with, with takedowns and stuff. But, you know, it's still hard. Like there, as much as women have increased in numbers in the sport, there still is a huge, when I look out on the mat on an average Saturday, there's still like a three to one, four to one ratio of males to females and the females. And this is, and I've been only been at three different gyms in my, in my training, like three or four different gyms, but I, I really have never trained with upper belt females. Like I've only have whites and blues to train with. If I'm going to, if I'm training with girls, unless I go to, and travel to another gym, right. Or they come to me, but like at my home gyms, I don't have like a whole bunch of female browns, purples, and black belts to train with. I have a bunch of dudes that I love to death, but they're still dudes, and they have a significant advantage physically, whether they want to admit it or not. And so that does change the game, right? Like when you were training Alicia for the first time with girls, you're like, wow, this is totally different, it you know? So um, different. It was like so rolling around way more flexible versus scorpion, like. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, this pin doesn't work. What the heck? Or, you know, I should be able to get this hold. And they're just like a little spider monkey. Um, and it's just a totally different feel. So in that regard, not much for me has changed from 2008 to 2021, where I'm like, I still don't have, I've never had a, a girl that came up through the ranks with me at the gym. Like I've always either had no females or like white belt females, or maybe a, a blue belt thrown in there. Or I will get somebody who's really promising and then they leave the gym. That's always heartbreaking. That's been, that's been my experience too. I like, as yeah. a, especially, you know, my husband and I, like I said, we own a gym. Anytime a female comes in, like I try not to be like, <laughs> I know. please I know. stay forever. I love you. You know, like the, especially when they show sort of like any sort of like talent, we've had a few come through the years. Uh, we had one who uh, was a high level ballet dancer. So she had just phenomenal mm -hmm. control over her body and adapted mm. to grappling so quickly. And it's just like, please don't ever leave. And of course, like they leave, you know, I actually um, right. I'm finally caving next year and starting a women's class at my gym. I've held off on doing this forever. I have very mixed feelings about the women's class as a thing. 
Um, I think it goes back to Jesse and I both being a little like, when we came up, there was no women's class. So I just kind of expected that eventually, statistically, another female should come and stay like I did. But it just, it hasn't panned yeah. out, you know? Right. Um, I've had a few of our kids' moms express an interest. So I'm actually pretty excited because I'm like, I think I'm going to get like a, you know, 30 to 40 year old old lady BJJ class rolling, which I think will be mm -hmm. uh, really, really great. Because I think uh, folks who come to it a little bit later in life tend to already have like their job, their family. So their schedules and their lives don't change, you know, whereas like if we get the high school students, if they go to college or we get the college students, they move somewhere for a job. Right, after they're done. So right, like, right. I think if I can catch them at this point where they've like settled down with a family <laughs> and they've made spawns, like maybe they'll stay, you know? Um, so I am going to try doing a, a women's class. My goal is to only run it for like a year or two till they feel comfortable sort of blending back into the co-ed classes. Um, we do have a few women in our co-ed classes, but same as Jesse, like I get people to blue or purple and they go somewhere or, you know, they, they don't leave to go to another gym. Life takes them somewhere. They get a, they get a girlfriend, they get a boyfriend, they get a, you know, they get a new job, they get a, and it's, life happens. Um, and it happens to the guy students too, but you almost don't notice it just because there's so many of them. That well, that's what I was going to say, like, I was going to say, like, statistically it's happening, I think, to the same rate as the right, guys. Like, instead of looking at, like, absolute numbers, if you just look at the statistical distribution of dropouts, right. enters and dropouts, I'm sure women quit on the same rate as men, Correct. but we just don't notice the white, the, the guys that are only training for a couple of months or less than a year. We don't notice when they're gone, unfortunately. And that's, you know, kind of sad in a, in a, in a way. I will say, Jillian, I've been running a, a women's class basically since my purple belt. So, and I, we call ourselves the Hellcats. Yes, and, I know. Uh, I love it. I follow you guys. I, I'm a fangirl of the Hellcats. I see the picture. Uh, you're, you're an honorary Hellcat. We would love to have you. <laughs> Um, and, and this great, uh, we get tons of girls that come and go, but I, especially since I have been in Kentucky now for about six years, I've had like a core group and awesome. we're really, really close. We're really close both on the mat and off the mat. That's and, what I'm uh, hoping for because like right. random chance has not gotten me what I'm looking for here. But um, it, it took a long time. It took several, it probably took about two years yeah. of this consistent Saturday, 11 AM training to get the core four or five girls to show up. And then we trained um, all right before COVID ended or uh, started and then all through COVID. And now we're back at, at the, the new gym um, and, and starting to get new people coming in on a regular. So it's all about consistency and just and keep, I think too, keep once, at it. Once you hit that critical mass, right? It's self-building, just like the gym itself mm -hmm. is self-building. We have enough male members and, and just members in general that our gym grows, right? So I just have to get that core group of women to that point. Um, we sort of, I don't want to say lucked out, right? Because nothing's lucky about COVID. I know a lot of people have had, you know, really terrible things happen as a result of the pandemic. But um, there's actually a black belt female who's a friend of mine that we'd uh, seen each other at some open mats. She'd come out to mine and I'd seen her at some places. And uh, her school wasn't uh, doing as much protective stuff for COVID as she felt comfortable with. And my school was in a different state. So we were much more protective about how we were running classes. Like right now, our adults are vaccinated only um, mm -hmm. just because I have a new, I have a, a, a four month old at home. And so like, I'm just not taking any chances right now. 
And so she ended up coming to my gym to train. So now I have a black belt female. That's awesome. Like, oh my gosh, I would lose to, my mind. I, it's amazing. Yeah. And I love her. And I'm so happy she's there. I hate her deep half. But other than that, like, I'm know, so right? glad that she's there. <laughs> um, we have stylistically have uh, are different too, which is really great because it, it makes for a good, you know, nobody's a black belt at everything, right? So it works out really nice to have somebody who has just a, a different skill set than your own. Um, so like, I'm like, you're not going to leave yet. Right. Cause I actually just had my son at the end of August. So I wasn't training when she first joined us. And I was like, oh my God, if she leaves before I get back on the mats, I'm going to be heartbroken, you know, but, uh, I've been easing my way back out and, and training and stuff, uh, especially the last couple of weeks. So it's been really exciting to have a, like a high level female there. It's almost disappointing to be 14 months untrained between COVID and pregnancy to then finally have a black belt show up to train with. Yeah. But, um, right. Nobody helps you sh uh, shake off the rust in as safe a way as another female black belt, right? Who understands? So um, I've been really, really lucky to have that, um, have that as a training partner right now. So, you know, I'm bragging a little bit, but it's nice to have another high level female around. Yeah. So I, I heard that you, you've already started your women's class. So I'm assuming that's out of Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, that's out of Kentucky. I think I, well, when I was in New Mexico, I was at a Gracie Baja Santa Fe in New Mexico, and an awesome black belt named Sarah, she was running, um, I want to say a women's class, uh, um, but I, you know, that was kind of a foggy time. I was in a weird place in New Mexico, but uh I didn't actually start running mine for sure until I was out here in Kentucky and there was a boy running it who's one of my good friends, another black belt, and he was running it. And then we were, and I was only, I think, a purple belt at the time. And he was like, and we were like, you know, it's kind of weird that a dude's running the women's class. So how would you feel at doing it as a purple? And I hadn't have much experience teaching, uh, only like, covering a class here and there, but I, I hadn't really taught before. So th then it was me like learning how to teach jujitsu and I'm still learning how to teach jujitsu um, where that's a totally different animal. Uh, like how, how you, whether you're teaching co-ed or females, um, just how do you show a technique? And sometimes I have a really like a game move but I don't know how to verbalize it or show it in a slow motion drill, right? Like, I don't know how to break it down into steps. I just know how to do it in a free rolling situation. Like I can feel the jujitsu, but that's like, you can't teach that to somebody per se in, in, in the <laughs> beginning of class. So, so yeah, that was my experience was uh, into teaching was um, running that women's class at four seasons. And then I just took it over and taught all the way to my Brown through my Brown and, I got my black belt during, um, in the October of, of uh, when we were all still in garage training with COVID. And now I'm at the, the new gym at the Lexington Jiu-Jitsu and Fitness. And I teach a co-ed class, which is also a lot of pressure because I'm like, okay, now I got different types of ukes and lots of different skills. I need to make sure I know what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. And then I have my Hellcats on Saturdays as well. And um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother beast is like just learning how to teach um this stuff and and teach it in a way where people ask you questions or like just have a weird body type and you're like huh yeah how are we gonna get your leg over there all right let's think about this you know or hmm yeah what would you do if they were doing that okay i'll get back to you it's kind of like it with the sciences right jillian where you're like you get you 
you get a question, you're like, huh, well, I don't have an answer right away. Um, let me think about it. And then, and then I come back and try to try to tweak it or whatever. Um, so moving forward, if you guys have one piece of advice that you'd give anybody at any belt level in today's mm -hmm. age, what would it be? Joanne's doing her deep thoughts. <laughs> what were you going to say? I was going to say that I think it, it's really important to find a gym that mm. you're comfortable at and that mm -hmm. works for you specifically as a human mm. being. I think people mm -hmm. get really pulled into the big name gyms mm -hmm. or the big conglomerates. I'm not going to mm -hmm. name any specific chains by name. But you can often find that these gyms have classes where the white belts are not with the rest of the population. It's a class 40 deep with a probably a blue belt teaching it. And you're paying $250 or $300 a month for the name that's on the door of the school. And I, I think I'm obviously, I should, you know, clearly say that I'm extremely biased as a co-owner of a small gym by choice. But we are a small gym by choice because we want to give each and every student individual attention so that they can grow individually and learn techniques that work for them specifically to like what Jesse's saying. And in a group of 40, you're probably not going to get to ask a question, let alone find out something that's specific to you personally. Mm -hmm. um, so I really just encourage people to, to not sleep on a smaller gym. Like if you go to, uh, I'm just going to use Henzo Gracie as a name, but if you go to Henzo Gracie's gym, unless you're one of his top level competitive black belts, how much attention you're going to get from Henzo Gracie personally is probably not going to be as much as you anticipate as the white belt that just walked in the door necessarily. Yeah. Right. And I think that's true of all of the big gyms. Um, I'm not saying that they're not good. I think they're all phenomenal and they've all proven that over and over and over again, but that doesn't mean that a small gym doesn't have something to offer you that could be potentially really beneficial to you, your life, your schedule, and you know, just your well being. You should try to figure out what kind of jujitsu or grappling practitioner you want to be like everybody starts off hardcore like oh my goodness like the amount of like two stripe white belts that come strutting into the group sometimes and you're like <laughs> simmer down my friend it's a marathon not a sprint you're gonna have some times where you take time off like you know <laughs> we get so many questions in the group well i broke my two fingers how should i tape it and keep rolling like you should sit out for a little while and heal. You need your fingers for the rest of your life. You need your fingers. Like jujitsu is going nowhere. I promise it will be there when you get back, take notes, sit on the side. Like, I think that it's hard. I think for everybody, when you get really excited about something, not to go full bore into it, but it's like, just not sustainable for most people. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to so get burned out core about something. Right, right. I took off for both of my kids. I have a three-year-old, actually a four-year-old effective today. Little Satan turned four today. So that's yeah. great. And then my, my little boy is three and a half months. I took off for the entire pregnancies. I took off for a little while. I did not rush back to the mats after I dropped them out. I let my vagina heal, you know, like I established my breastfeeding. And this is coming from somebody who's historically, I've won world, Nogi Worlds. I've won, like I've won some big- Yeah, you were competing all the time. I you competed were three, four times a month through Purple Belt, right? And yeah. then I took a break and I did four amateur MMA fights. 
and then like, and then I started dropping babies. And so it's been mm -hmm. a little inactive. And but, then, and then that was it. You just fell off the face of the earth. That no, was and I still compete like, uh, this, uh, <laughs> this Saturday I'm doing a, a Naga in Atlantic city. Cause my daughter's doing her first, uh, her first ever grappling tournament, which by the way, four-year-olds just oh each other fall over. It's, it's awesome. So, <laughs> so awesome. Um, and I'm going to be there. So I just signed up for the old lady division and whatever my current weight is. I think I'm like in the one seventies right now while I recover from, you know, my son. That's my normal competition weight's like 125, but it doesn't matter. Like nobody, nobody wins a naga and gets a job grappling afterwards, you know. So I'm just gonna go on <laughs> and and do my thing and whatever. Um, but like, yeah, it doesn't always have to be serious. I think I have like God, Jesse. In the beginning, I competed so much, more than a hundred tournament matches at least. Yeah, yeah. I was I was addicted to competing yeah, in my late white to, to all the way through blue and into purple. And yeah. it's, a, it's a grind. It's a grind, right? Um, I think I'll kind of echo what Jillian was saying was not only don't sleep on the small gyms because some of my best experiences have been at small gyms, but really find a group of teammates that are going to make you better at jujitsu and not through just beating you down. Cause I've been at gyms where like you get beat down every class and like, that's not what you want. You need to have a place where you can explore, make mistakes without huge consequences as far as being injured or having your ego wrecked. You need to have a good, like we're, these people should be your friends. The people you train with should be your friends where you help them move and you help them get over their girlfriend that they broke up with or your helping them with, you know, just like, these should be your, this should be your family. And if your training partners are not your family, then there's something not right. If your coach is kind of distant and aloof, that's not a good sign. Now I have been at other situations where the head coaches have been super aloof and distant, but there was enough higher belts, black belts and brown belts on the mat that we were basically running the show and, and taking care of each other mm -hmm. and progressing our technique through the years. And um, and, and that's a whole nother story right now, but so just find, just find a, a, a training situation where you can actually improve your jujitsu as, as the months and the weeks go on. And then another thing I would say for advice is, you know, even though you broke your two fingers or you're moving or whatever, keep training, like you need to stay consistent. So don't stay off the mats too long. Right. Or don't be like, oh, I'm moving to a new state. I guess I won't train for six months. No, no, no. You should be trying to find a house or an apartment that's near a gym so that right. you can keep up your, your training, right? So, you like, trying to find a house or apartment near a gym that you've already vetted and selected to move to. <laughs> so, when I moved to New Mexico, I had to, I got a job at, uh, in Los Alamos. <laughs> But I rented a house in Santa Fe because when I moved, they didn't have a jiu-jitsu gym up in Los Alamos, but they did have one in Santa Fe. So I chose to live in Santa Fe and commute the hour to, into the lab and an hour back just so I could have jujitsu, you know, in, in the place where I was living. So you need to make a choice whether this is like actually something that you enjoy doing and then make a commitment. It's like eating healthy and working out. You make a commitment to make it part of your lifestyle. And I think it's easier to do that when you have a really good training environment that's clean, safe, fun. Keep it fun. Jillian said like, you know, you should have fun. Don't make it such a grind because this is a long haul. Um, it's going to take you at least 10 years to get your black belt unless you're just really phenomenal and you get it in like six years or something. But it's still a long time. So you're in it for a long time. 
And I don't know about you, Jillian, but when I got my black belt, I was like, dude, I don't know anything. <laughs> like, I need to start over. I'm basically, I, I just started over, like, how do you do an UPA? Like, what is the trap and roll? Like, when you really think about these things, like, you're, like, looking at the philosophy of it and, like, connecting all these movements together. So, I'm, I want to train and, and I want to, the, the day that I die, I hope I trained on the match that day or did something jujitsu related, you know? So I'm in this for like the long, long term. Yeah. And so when you're sick, take time off. When you have a serious injury, take time off. Please tap. Go to class and take notes. Like stay. Go to class and take notes. Right. And, and I, I've been dumb where I'm really stubborn and I'm still like this really stubborn with tapping. And I've hurt myself. I have hurt myself. It wasn't my partner who hurt me. It was me who hurt me because I didn't tap to the Kimura or I waited too long on the straight ankle lock because I didn't want to tap to this person or I was had my big ego. And that's really hard to check. But, you, you know, if you if you just stay with the long game, then all those other things will hopefully fall into place. Uh, your ego, your training environment, your purpose on the mat. And just keep it fun, you know, keep it fun. Before I get off here, you said Lexington Jiu-Jitsu and Fitness. You have a women's class. I'm going to yeah, look, look it up. Oh, and please. We'll and we'll list it. And the next yes. time we drive through or get, get up that way, we'll definitely have to stop in. Oh, dude, you're more than really? welcome to join us. Yeah, hit me, hit me up in a DM or something. Let me know you're coming. And. Yeah, every Saturday I'm at the gym and uh, we have our women's class, the Hellcats, and, uh, you know, it's awesome. Yes, as a woman, make sure that wherever you decide to train, your your gym allows you to cross-train. Because as a woman, you are always (laughs) going to have to cross-train. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually good advice. That's a big red flag. If your gym is not allowing you to cross-train, like that's faux pas where you can't be in a picture. Like I've I've trained with people that are cross training. Then we do the group photo afterwards. Like, cause if, if, you, if you don't post it on Instagram, it didn't happen. Right. So, and then you see them like crawl off into the corner. You're like, what? Oh, they're <laughs> hiding. That's terrible. That's right. a terrible situation. You need to leave that gym. <laughs> you know? But yeah, yeah, Julie, when you get yours up and running, let us know too. We, uh, we go out to Virginia quite a bit and that, that's a, that's a not a far drive. So. So not that not that far from there so yeah we're in central jersey so yes we were i think beginning of the year we're going to do probably fridays six to seven because right now our schedule fridays is just seven to eight thirty open mat so if i can teach the women six to seven encourage some of them to stay for open mat that's kind of my uh come, come roll with me i have candy come with me. <laughs> well, that, that was what was cool about the women's class because i have mine at 11 and then, so I'm the first class on Saturdays. And then that's what helped get the girls to go and join some of the guy classes. Cause then right. the noon class starts at, at noon, obviously that's co-ed. So they would come to Hellcats, you know, drill, roll with some girls, get, they're all warmed up. And then they hop into the co-ed noon class that they that's never would have done before. You know, yeah, that's the hope. That's why I don't want to hold something on a Saturday or Sunday. Cause we currently, after COVID, we got rid of our Saturday classes. And mm. I, from a family standpoint, we're not bringing them back. It's nice to oh. Saturday and Sunday off and there's tournaments and seminars so like we're constantly shuffling mm. the Saturday class anyway and we just said you know what we're just uh, packed, we packed a lot more classes and through Monday through Friday and just did it that way so gotcha yeah Saturday's my big training day that's where I'm, I'm at the gym from like 11 to 2 on Saturdays yeah I have everything's just too crazy with kids gotcha gotcha yeah no worries <laughs> yeah. 
Well, awesome, Alicia. Thank you for having us. It's been, and Jillian, it was great to see you in person finally. Yes. <laughs> Even though it's still through Zoom and whatnot, but hear your voice and everything. And I just, I just really appreciate the conversation today, ladies. So thank you for allowing me to, to talk with y'all. Absolutely. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye, ladies. All right. That wraps up today's episode. You can find our next event at www.sottg.com. It's going to be a women's open mat held at Argyle Jiu-Jitsu Academy on February 12th, 2022. See you there. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends.